Ball spa. You want good words? Data language. Talk real sports with a real man. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. And now, here's the be all, end all, know it all of high school, college, and pro sports. Aaron Skinny Cow with the Skinny on Sports. We're talking about practice, man. I'm the MVP. And a good Wednesday morning out there, Western Oklahoma. Welcome to the Skinny on Sports right here on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Glad to have you along for the next hour. It's a jam-packed hour worth of local, state, and even national sports news. We'll wrap up the trade deadline at the end of the show. We were both right. We thought Verlander would be on the move, and it seemed like Houston was the the landing spot and sure enough that is the case and the Astros teammates are so fired up about Verlander coming that Framber Valdez threw a 93 pitch no hitter last night so oh I he, thought you say they're gonna be they were so fired up they were banging trash cans and not yet that'll come uh did any extra buzzers and stuff did any of these moves really affect the outcome when it comes to That's a good question down the you know down the stretch divisions into the world series we'll find out hey big elk head coach zach maynard coming 9 30 catch up with him see what happened over the summertime for the big elk football team look forward to what's coming here this fall story out of iowa that i think we're gonna unfortunately hear more and more of some iowa state athletes in some hot water over gambling apps the notable here is presumed starting quarterback Hunter Deckers is one of those four. I read a story about it this morning. Uh, like 41 Iowa and Iowa State athletes were under investigation so far. These four have been charged with some different things. Pretty crazy story there. Uh, and then also Pac-12. The media deal, the, the details are starting to leak out on what was proposed by Commissioner George Kliakov to the nine remaining members of the Pac-12 to keep them in the same conference. Kind of tell you about that, and quite frankly, how did it get to this? And see what we think will happen moving forward. Also, question before we do the normal spiel of what we got going on here. 17 years ago today, Jared, seismic event occurred in the world of sports right here in the state of Oklahoma. 225-9698 is the phone to the text line. That is 225-9698. Give us a call, shoot us a text. We can talk about any of those things, whatever else might be on your mind. Feel free to chime in at 225-9698. If you're going to be outside the listening area, stay in touch with the show a couple of ways. Log on to kadsam.com, download the app. The app's got it all. It's got radio. It's got the Penny News, brand new edition of the Penny News. Hit the website last night at midnight, thepennynews.com is where you can check that out. Print edition will be picked up this afternoon, start to distribute out tonight, and by tomorrow morning you can go pick up a free copy of the Penny News everywhere. And, of course, uh, Big Elk and Paragon TV also in the app. We're honing in on, what, three weeks from Friday. 
Game one for the Elks down in Altus. And then the Skinny on Sports podcast is available if you miss the show, just anywhere that podcasts are available. How are you today, Jared? Good. How are you doing? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. 17 years ago today. No clue. At the time, it seemed like the world was ending. 17 years ago, 2006. 2006. August of 2006. <clears throat> I uh, promise okay, you, you right. thought about crying. Uh, if you did, I got to guess. I got to guess. Go ahead. Without looking anything up other than doing the math. Um, was it when Rep Bomar it's exactly, got trouble? It's exactly what it was. I remember that. 17 years ago today, Rep Bomar and J.D. Quinn dismissed from the University of Oklahoma football team. Just a just at the time, a tragic turn of events for Sooner fans after Bomar struggled early in his freshman year. But then by the time the season was over, he looked poised to be able to turn around and hand it off to AD, throw it to Malcolm Kelly, whoever else. He looked like he was going to be Paul Thompson, a really good quarterback. <laughs> and throw then it to Paul Thompson. He was dismissed from the team along with J.D. Quinn, and that led to the first season in years with no names on the back of the jerseys, Paul Thompson switching back to quarterback, and quite frankly, one of the more enjoyable seasons of Oklahoma football outside of maybe October in the Cotton Bowl. Some would and say. And also A.D. getting hurt, and also putting a little Idaho College on the map, but that didn't happen until 2017. Sure. Or 2007. Some would say that was Bob Stoops' best coaching year. Yeah, that, that was everything he had to time. navigate off field, and he turned it into a Big 12 championship. Am I wrong? You yeah, are he not. Did. You Paul are Thompson not with the rollout against Nebraska every other play. And that also led to post game Nebraska, one of the more infamous things in OU football history, the Malcolm Kelly rap. That's right. Yeah. In the At Arrowhead Stadium in the uh, locker room. Man, that, that season itself deserves a 30 for 30 for everything that it gave us. 17 years ago. Yeah, but I remember when that came down, he thought, as Sooner fans, I was like, man, just come off an abysmal 2005. But now this? But there was some solace in the fact that, well, there's still Adrian Peterson. Well, and Bomar showed signs of becoming a pretty good quarterback as that season, you know, beating Oregon in that bowl game. Yeah. You know what else happened in 2000? My gosh, 2006 does need a 30 for 30. You know what else? Speaking of Oregon, the onside kick game was in 06. That was that game yeah. where, they, where they cheated OU a win. What a fascinating season that was. Man, there's a lot of crazy up and downs in that season. Crazy. Crazy stuff. But, yeah, Bob Stoops did a good job. You know, I mean, there was the 2000 year, obviously with the national title, but then some would say – for everything that was happening off the field and around the field, the off-season stuff, the injuries, the controversy in Eugene, and he still was able to navigate that team to a Big 12 title. Yeah, truth is, if that Eugene thing doesn't happen, there's a decent chance that uh, Oklahoma's playing Ohio State and not Florida in the Fiesta Bowl that year with the way everything shook out. Anyhow, I thought that would make – you know it will make you feel old? Another thing about that season – yeah, yeah. Thanks so, for making me feel old. Last, I felt like yesterday. What? The la that's the last time AD played. Adrian Peterson's last season. Mm -hmm. It doesn't seem like it was 17 years ago. I was at that game, by the way. 
when he broke his collarbone. Mm-hmm. I was playing golf in Clinton. When he scored, it pretty it pretty much made the it, it put the game away. It was against Iowa State, am I wrong? And me and my buddy were like, "It's over. Let's let's get out yeah. of here." So we we were making our way out. Got in the truck once the game was over, <clears throat> listening to post game, and that's when the news broke. And man, it we we didn't run off the road. We were it just we just we were deathly silent, you know. Just yeah, that was the crazy oh. part about it was that it. It wasn't anything you knew right then. He didn't. It took a while for yeah, it, he for popped the news up, to he break. He walked off, right. and you didn't really see him. When you went back to the tape and it zoomed in, you could see he was kind of favoring that arm. But you think, ah, oh, it's just a football thing. Might have been a stinger or something. Yeah, such a freak accident too, the way he fell. But good stuff. Yeah, crazy season. That was nuts. That was a crazy. That was a crazy year. It's crazy year in college football. It started two in a row. That 06 season was wild, and then the 07 season was just bonkers. Led to a two-loss national champion with LSU and all the different teams that had chances to be in that BCS title game, and all of them fell by the wayside, and LSU ended up getting the nod. Oh, that, was, that was a pretty wild one as well. Yeah. Okay, so Pac-12, we talked a bunch about it yesterday. The media deal, the media rights deal is starting to leak out, so a few details about it. And I just don't understand how we came to this as far as the Pac-12 becoming this irrelevant. So it's stream-based. Apple TV is what essentially looks like Apple is the only person willing, the the only entity willing to broadcast Pac-12 games. And I don't know how willing they really are because no numbers out, but the what, what you did find out was significantly lower than they had hoped, which obviously means lower than what the Big 12 is getting at the $31.7 million that kicks in next year. So it's, it's definitely lower. The caveat is... It can improve. The numbers could improve and potentially be competitive with the Big 12 and the ACC, but it's entirely subscription-based, meaning subscription numbers have to get to a certain level before Mm -hmm. the money increases, and we don't even know where the money starts. And so a couple of questions I have is, how can you ever know there, there's no way to ever know what you're going to get until the till the year is over. And then how in the world do you budget an athletic department mm. off of that uncertainty? Yeah, that's very. That's a good point. Yeah, it's not a very good deal. It does not appear to be. We're, and, and the fears have been realized with the streaming service. Nothing is, even if I'm a, I don't know, man. I mean, would you be... Willing, I feel like I always give Apple my money, anyways, in some form or fashion. And now I, I don't pay for Apple TV. Would you want to do if say if your team was there? Would you be go okay? I want to. I can't. I'm going to get my subscription now and get ready for the Pac-12 on Apple TV. Or would you be on the other side going? I want my team out of that conference. Oh, a million percent that way. If it was right? my, if it was a choice, I mean. It, that that bring but that you bring up the entire problem in my mind with this for that conference 
one of the big thing, one of the big negatives you hear about the Pac-12 in the first place is nobody cares. There's so much other stuff to do. It's on the West Coast. It's you know, it's yeah. it's so much more laid back. It's not they don't have the same passion. And so, when a lack of passion and a lack of of caring is baked into how you increase your money intake from your media partner that seems like a losing proposition for the Pac-12 you already don't know how much it's going to be but you do know it's less than what you could get in the Big 12 that provides the stability of a guaranteed payout and also the stability and the, and the exposure that comes along with being partners with ESPN and Fox I don't see if I'm if I'm a fan of Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and quite frankly, Oregon and Washington, even though they may have their eyes set somewhere else. But if I'm a fan of one of those that legitimately can leave, I am calling whoever you're supposed to call to get the hell out of there. 100%. Because it, this is going to be spun by certain people in the media, and they've, the, it's the ones, basically elite the elitist media that's been on the Pac-12 is better than the Big 12 train this whole time, and now you're a lot more quiet on Twitter all of a sudden. But that, but it's still going to be spun as a, hey, it's the new frontier. The Pac-12 is ahead of the game. They're on the cutting edge of media. No, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. Barry because Trammell, nobody cares. Trammell made a good point yesterday, something I failed to realize. I didn't know the Pac-12 network was subscription based. I don't know where to get that network. Is it picked up on Dish or Direct or That's maybe? one of the big problems with what Larry Scott did. Yeah, I don't know where that's at, but he said it is heavily subscription based. It relies heavily on on users subscribing to whatever service that network provides or if it's like an app or or whatever, which I said earlier earlier this week. I mean, that's something that could be a launching point or a test you know could it work could a streaming service for a conference work test it out and i think it's clear it did not work for the pac-12 so it's a and again i'm giving credit to trammell who said this i think it was yesterday so it's mind-boggling that they'd see what they had and how it didn't work and then go okay well let's continue this go to a what is clearly i mean 100% 100% subscription-based Apple TV. It's relying on the user. And let's just continue that same model. Apple will save us and Apple will pay us. It's going to fail. I mean, the Longhorn Network did not work. So could you imagine if they, you know what I'm saying? Like if they move, like, hey, hey, Longhorn, you know, what if ESPN said, okay, hey, yeah, Longhorn Network, not so good. But we're going to continue it in some form or fashion when you move to the SEC, that, which we have never heard anything about what the Longhorn well, Network is. Well, it'll just be folded do. into the SEC network. Exactly. But, but, here's the but pro- here's the problem with that. That was the third tier rights. These are the first – this is this is the money ma- – I mean, the long-term network, for, obviously it worked out for Texas, didn't for ESPN in, in, in the way they hoped it would. But even – I mean, that was – that's after those things are all after your major TV deal. 
the problem for the Pac-12 is this is their major TV deal. They, yeah, th- this isn't for the you know the volleyball and the you know one game a year in football or whatever. You know, this is it. This is all they got. That is crazy to me to think how far they have fallen. But I, well, I, what like you're saying this, is, imagine this. Imagine if it was like. You know, OU fans are up in arms every time that one game is on yeah. that pay-per-view, or in this case, now it's on the Sooner Vision on ESPN Plus, which is actually a little bit more accessible for some fans and more willing to get that. I know I am. I feel, I feel like I'll pay for the full year of ESPN Plus and 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 get that game as a bonus. But, but um, yeah, it's it's in that vein. Like imagine being told every game. As an OU, OU fan, Texas is on ESPN Plus. That drive people crazy. <laughs> yeah. The South would burn. I mean, <laughs> OU and Texas would go crazy. Fans would go nuts. That's what this is. Yes. And oh, by the way, just because you already subscribe to Apple TV, you don't automatically get these games. You have to pay extra. Oh, to that's be horrible. A, yeah, you're gonna have to pay extra. Because I was kind of wondering, like, well, do I even have Apple TV? I'm not sure. You know, sometimes they give it to you when you get like a new device. I wasn't sure. I was messing around. I was like, no, I don't get it. I don't get Apple TV. But you have to pay more on yes, top of what you're already paying? That, that is correct. That is re- a horrible business model. That is that is correct. So, make, give me your prediction. What happens? We told you earlier in the uh, listeners, we've told you what we want. I think what will happen, and I didn't realize this until our, our texter text in, and then right after our show, they were talking about that Arizona State and Arizona or uh, their board of regents is, is one. It's They oversee both schools. So that has to tell you that's a package deal. It kind well, of screams not, it. Not necessarily, because UCLA and Cal are the same way. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Now, UCLA has to pay Cal like $10 million in perpetuity because they split. But okay, like anyhow. a one-time payment? No, no, every year. Every year, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, again, I still think they're they're – connected a little bit more than they, those two schools you mentioned because they're the only two big dogs in that state i th- i think realistically i think what happens is arizona arizona state come and i think utah does too i think they're like yeah this deal isn't we can get more money in the big 12 we'll play with byu and get paid more and be in a more stable conference and i think it's a lot of it's a lot of perception right a lot of these you know arizona state wasn't doesn't want to look like even though since they uh, have the same regions that it's just the way it is like they're following like they're Arizona. following utah doesn't look, look look like they're following but guess what for 10 to 12 to 15 million dollars a year that stuff goes by the wayside and and oh by the way people get to watch your product and you haven't a chance i, I think the one thing that we we kind of say oh the you know the exposure to it what does that mean though in 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 actuality, that means your team gets worse because you can't recruit anybody because nobody can watch and play. Exactly. We, yeah, I mean, we that, that's on what that. when, if, when you're if, talking. If families can't. I mean, you got these families that you know they have. You know, Johnny's a really good running back, maybe a four star, five star kid coming from the middle class. I'm like we can't afford. We 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 have to watch. You know what I mean? Well, and especially think about Oregon has done some pretty major damage over the past decade or so since they become kind of the the chic cool team they've done some pretty major damage in the state of texas from a recruiting standpoint some really good players Mm -hmm. well most families aren't going to be able to fly to eugene every other weekend to watch their kids play you know it's, it's just the reality of the situation 
and to be able to not flip it on to ABC or ESPN or or, or Fox or wherever to be able to watch that's that's no good at all and i just think here's what you're seeing there's no way this is going to happen for a lot of these teams because of that because they 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 can see the writing on the wall of oh my lord what is our football program going to become when nobody can watch it? oh if, yeah if if oregon is chopped down in the woods and there's nobody around does anybody hear it you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah and so that that i just I think the timeline, if with what's leaking out there, and and the not having—I mean, they don't even have a guarantee necessarily of money. I mean, there is there is certainly a floor there, I guess, but I, there is no chance in the world if I'm one of those four corner schools that I'm not banging on the desk of whoever you got to bang on. Get me out of here. Does Get this, me out of here. Now, this is wild theory, but would it be more attractive, not only for the money in a more stable conference, but these schools, without knowing I looked this up, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, they're in a mountain time zone, avoiding some of those, what would be us for 930 games, more attractive game times. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Which brings more eyeballs to the screens. Oh, sure. So, like, oh, it, we don't play those these night games anymore. We can more uh, more uh, attractive times to play. Well, and of course, for the Big Twelve, it gets you into three different time zones, not all the way stretched out to four, because Arizona is there too, aren't they? Arizona's weird. They're in the Mountain Time Zone. But they but don't they change. Do, they don't. Recognize. So it does get you then. Yeah. So they don't spring forward. So they get to two hours behind. Right, but they eventually get that hour back, right? Yeah, in the, I think in the winter time. So yeah, maybe but, but winter time. What is it in it. football? What is it? So is it two hours in football? I think it's it's because right now it's I think like, it's actually both. I think it starts out two and it goes to one. Because right when, now when it's seven twenty one a.m. in Phoenix. That's right. And so first half of the season it would be two. The last little bit it'd be one. Well, I mean, in, in, starting in November, yeah. I guess. Well, yeah, I think who would want to go point. to Arizona if you're a Big Twelve school in November? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No doubt. Right? Uh, real quick, another thing that popped out there yesterday is, man, Iowa State <clears throat> and Iowa, for that matter. I know there's 41 student-athletes that were under investigation for some uh, violating gambling rules. One of the guys that has been charged now is the presumed starting quarterback at Iowa State, Hunter Deckers. Uh, man, this does not look good. Not uh, – Playing football is a long ways away from him. It's the least of his worries. Oh, yeah. He this put, is like criminal stuff, right? Oh, yes. He wasn't 21, so he wasn't of legal age to bet, so his parents had to help him kind of mask his age to be able to make the bets. He put down 366 bets, totaling $2,799. 26 of those bets were on Iowa State athletic events, one of which was the 2021 football game in Stillwater. Now, he, he did not play. Yeah, that was my next question. He did, did he not play. play. In any of he these did events? not play. Right. He was the backup quarterback. Yeah, he could have played. Yeah. So it's him and a, a couple other guys, one of which uh, is with Denver. I can't pronounce his name, Aswarike or something like that, um, which he's already been suspended by the NFL. For violating oh, the yeah, gambling policy, I but I he also goes back to Iowa State here too. 
So he was gambling while he was Both. in the NFL and while he yes. was at Iowa State. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So this is something that – Man. Th- this is going to be one of those things, though, that I'm telling you right now. You do not throw stones from your glass house. Like, when it comes to the gambling, yeah. If you, you, you're not going to go, ha, 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 you guys got caught – because eventually somebody from everywhere is going to get caught. It this. almost gives you a pause when, and it's coming, gambling is, sports gambling is legal in Oklahoma. Because it just opens up those doors and opportunities for kids. And But here's the thing about for Deckers, though. I mean, you were a, a highly recruited quarterback coming out of high school. You're in the NIL era. Did you need the money? Could he not find an NIL deal to satisfy that need for that money? Or is it? Just for fun, I don't know. I can't. I don't. It's hard for me to understand. I, w- you, I wonder. I mean, if I'm that dude, you you are the man on campus. I mean, he was supposed to take that next leap this year. He could find an and I we mentioned Bomar. He could find a Bomar deal, and it'd be legal nowadays. Here's what I wonder, and I just got the same text. That many bets for that little amount of money. I'm wondering if he even thought a thing of it. Oh, it's fan duels. It's a five dollar bet. You That's know what a I'm good saying? Point. Yeah. I mean, it, I've done that. I've done the the fan duels or the DraftKings. Draft, draft, I've done right. it like on a NASCAR race just for fun to see what could happen. And I wonder if if you, you do that and you don't even realize what you're doing. Right now, betting on Iowa State itself this is probably a different story than that. But I, I just wonder. It's like, oh, everybody's doing it. Hey, yeah, this would be cool. Let's put two fifty on this game or what have two dollars and fifty cents and then all of a sudden yeah a couple of years later now, now not being 21 and his parents having to kind of set the thing up for him uh, that's probably not a great yeah, look and a they're, good, good they're, job mom and dad come on and I, I wonder if that's what tampering means tampering with the the evidence or it is just because he's underage and it has to be are his parents his, gonna get in trouble here? Uh, you would certainly think so but right now the story's more about Hunter Deckers well, and yeah. Iowa State athletes than, than what it is with the parents. So let's go to the top. I mean, is Matt Campbell, is he getting looked down upon like you had no control here? Or he's just say, I this was happening behind my back, I had no clue. I don't see how in the world he's supposed to be able to I mean, how many that. ISU football athletes were involved in this? Just, just two say, so far, just, three so far. But like I mean, I just don't he can't be sitting on the what they're sitting there watching the NFL yeah. going, ah, I think the, the, the Chiefs are gonna win today. Da da da. And they fire off five dollar bets. I, that's it's going to be a, sli- a really, really slippery slope. How I think. long has gambling been legal in the state of Iowa at this capacity? Is because this isn't who was the baseball that was up in where the Alabama uh, baseball that was, thing that was at Cincinnati. Cincinnati. It was actually at a Cincinnati okay. Reds game. Gotcha. I mean, this is new, and there's there's some uh, confusion on what the twenty nineteen cannot do. Eh, fairly new. Not horribly Online old. sports betting in 2019. Yeah. But just, you're right, though. It's something to look... You know, it just, it just goes to show you there's nothing to do in Iowa. <laughs> Shut corn. And make bets. Make, well, I've, like I said, Jared, <laughs> I don't think you need to be throwing your stones from your glass house for you from Oklahoma. I'm not doing any legal betting. I'm not doing anything like that. Not yet. Nope. You wouldn't bet if it was legal? If it was legal, yeah. I'd do it the legal way. Well, that's what they did. No, he did. He was 20. Well, rules against it. We'll be back. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! 
Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to win. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. The Skinny on Sports. Welcome back. Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. Hanging out in studio studio on a Wednesday, and we are pleased to be joined uh, by the second-year head coach of the Elk City Elks. It is Mr. Zach Maynard. Coach, how are you today? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, man, how was the summer? It's been good. It's been good. We've had a good summer. Uh, football wise and I think I think everybody got to relax a little bit and um, families and coaches and, and players alike and um, you know I think now we're everybody's just ready biting at biting at the bit to get after it how's participation in the weight room this summer it's been very good you know we averaged you know 50 55 a week based you know <clears throat> even with church camps and vacations and things like that going on um, you know this week we started mandatory weights at 3 p.m um, and we've had We've had roughly 70 there, and that's even with a handful that, that are at church camp right now. So it's been good. Why is that important to get those numbers during the summer? Well, it just shows buy-in. I mean, just like anything else, um, you know, lots of times they don't have to be there, but but it shows buy-in, it shows character, uh, discipline at getting up at 6 a.m., doing things right. Um all the time and so that's that's so big for us is because you just being there is a huge part of the battle but what we've tried to to do this summer is tell them hey look you know just getting here is not good enough everybody across the state of oklahoma is working out um you, we, we have to approach this thing with a certain intensity and a certain way of going about it and um, and ultimately uh, the the development of the player of the individual um i think we took huge strides you know, obviously we lift year-round, but we took huge strides this summer in just developing some young guys um, physically and, and even mentally. Yeah, I saw one of them, Cooper uh, Garbarino, was in here the other day, and he doesn't look the same as he did as a skinny dude coming from <laughs> where he come from Houston two years ago. Yeah, I think he's gained 20 pounds since last fall, um, and he's not the only one. You, you know, you got lots of guys like that. Tucker Garza's gained 20, 25 uh, Reese Burton's gained 20, 25 pounds. Catch Geno just keeps getting bigger. Uh, Logan Webb's gotten bigger. Um, you know, our offensive linemen and, and our pups are – the kids who were freshmen last year to sophomores this year, um, that you wouldn't recognize them. Um, so, you know, obviously that's, that's that's just putting in work, doing things right, treating your body right and getting after it. And, and uh, um, couldn't be more proud of them and, and all of the whole group. You know, there's lots of guys who are going to step into new roles this year. Um, much like we were sitting here this time last year having the same conver- same conversation. Um, so we're excited about that and, and really think that they've paid the price uh, thus far to, to allow themselves to put themselves in a good position. Summertime isn't just about that, though. You guys also are and one of the things that attracted me to you last summer so much is it's you're also out helping in the community. Tell us a couple about a couple of those projects you did with the community outreach, and one of them kind of came about out of necessity due to due to the weather 
Yeah, we had, uh, you know, we, we, we tried to pay, help pick up on the 4th of July, um, and we got out there this year, and it was almost all ready, all cleaned up. So, you know, kudos to the city for that because they were, it, it was it was a neat deal. Um, and then, and then of course, you know, the storms blew through, and, um, and I think I texted you talking to you about trying to do something um, and, and getting our kids involved and helping the community. And um, and so, you know, we we saw the limbs and, and picked a day, and really it turned into two or three days of picking up limbs just because of um, you don't until you really get out and drive around. You don't realize how bad it it really was. There was it wasn't just like yeah. it hit one neighborhood. It was it was town wide and um, community wide. And so um, obviously, I think that was a good growing experience for some of our kids. Um, and, and it was good for us to, to get out and see the community and help the community. Did you save the limbs for like an upcoming bonfire after a pep rally or something? No, but I, I there's a place um, north and west of town that I guarantee you it would burn for 10 days <laughs> because that landfill is, is completely full. Yes, it is. I'm blown away. It blows my mind when you say, well, last year was his first year. It feels like you're in year four at this rate because of the you mentioned the buy-in and, and the kids uh, getting at it. So, um, so what's the whole process been like from this time last year up till now? Obviously, the season was fantastic. We, we mentioned the off-season. What was spring football like? Uh, kind of run down that for us. You know, spring was good. Um, it, it was a good time to get the kids out there and just kind of see what we had and and you know we. we, we schematically just figure out what maybe fits these kids differently than, than the group before um, not changing you know everything under the sun but changing the things that need to be changed in order to fit our group of kids um, you know and good for our coaches to get out there and just see who can do what and and, and if when something needs to be changed or moved um, you know that was the process more from a coaching standpoint from a schematic side um, you know and then really all summer like we've kind of talked about it that's more about mental mental uh mental and physical toughness and, and things that, you know, you know, I told, told our staff yesterday and I, and I told our kids, if we're not tough and we're not disciplined and we're not physical and we don't do the right things, it doesn't matter what play we run. It doesn't matter if we're five wide throwing it 50 times a game or we're in three back double tight and running it 50 times a game. It ain't going to work if we don't do, if we're not, if we're not intense, if we're not disciplined, if we're not physical um, and tough, it, it it's not going to matter. So, you know, that's been my thing all the way up until now, and, and really it'll be that way for me almost all season just because that's – just being the head coach, that's my job is to make sure I get that out of them, and, and I've got a great staff. Um, uh, those guys work their tails off, and, and, and they really get to focus more on the X's and O's, and, and it's really more on me to demand, you know, the attitude and the effort and, and, and the discipline. Talking to head coach Zach Maynard of the Big Elks, to that point, staff has changed a little bit. Tell us about some of the new guys that have come on board this year. Yeah, Coach Fisher uh, decided uh, made a move to the intermediate assistant principal. Um, so we brought on uh, uh, Coach Zach Josie from Chickasha. He coached at Hollis a couple years ago. When I, that's when I met him, and um, very like-minded, you know, offensively and defensively. So he's going to be calling the offense this year. Um, still have, you know, Coach Shane and Shyler Thornton, um, two outstanding young coaches, and, and Coach Cooper, um, who's, who's also a young, outstanding coach. He handles all our strength strength stuff. Uh, Shane's going to take tr- control of all our special teams. Um, and, and then obviously Coach Easton, who will be our defensive coordinator, and, and, and he's he's done an outstanding job. Been with him for two years now. He was on staff with, when I was with Coach Meadows that year. And um, um, 
So, you know, obviously those guys do an outstanding job. And, and then, uh, you know, Coach Green, uh, I got Coach Green to go down and be the head junior high coach. Needed some help there um, with Coach Gino. <clears throat> wanting to take just a little break and, and watch his daughters play softball, which is which is absolutely fine. That's family's number one. Um, and so we added Coach Peffer back to the high school staff, and, and Coach Peffer will help with the outside linebackers and, and slots. So um, obviously very excited about them, a bunch of outstanding men, uh, high-character men, and, uh, and so excited about where we're at staff-wise. So Coach Josie at the helm of the offense, will or how will the fans – kind of see a difference from this year from uh, this year from last year it 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 will look the same but different okay okay the 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 whole you know last year we said here and said what's the difference going to be offensively from Mm -hmm. it's going to be the same but it's going to be different this year it's going to be the same but it's (laughs) going to be different uh it, it, it the same procedures. If you can't run the football, you're not going to win high school football games, um, you know. And 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 if you if you can't throw it at times, you're not going to win football games. There was times last year Austin Jones made some incredible throws that that won us football games. Um, you know, I think back there was a, there's a play against Clinton where we go just scoring that drive and he completes a 10, 15 yard pass to Cooper Patton. Um, the, the throw against Weatherford on third and forever. Um, it ends up being a touchdown. And, and so, you know, obviously there's games like that where you have to do things. Um, you know, we are going to try to be more explosive. We are going to try to do some different things. But ultimately, um, I will pull my hair out if we can't run the football. So <laughs> it will start there. You mentioned Jones, and there's other seniors that have moved on. How do you replace them? And, I mean, how do you they, – they gave you a lot of production and a lot of uh, – did a lot of good things over their time here. Mm-hmm. Um how as you as you as a coach say okay, we got to fill their void. How do you do that? Well, I think it's a group effort, um, and it's 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 the coaching staff number one knowing that hey, you know we talked about this yesterday. Last year we could line up and say we're running right here, and there's not much you can do about it. We're going to hand to Levy Owens. Mm-hmm. He's going to get four or five, and we're going to put him right behind uh, Aiden Long and Logan Trevino, and there ain't not, not much you boys going to be able to do about it. You know we're not necessarily going to be that way this year, but. Those kids that are going to fill those voids have a different skill set, so it's on our job to put them in a position to be successful. Um, and so we we take good pride, great pride in that. You know, we've been up there all week, been up there all summer, working on ways to put, you know, guys like Jaden Wynn and and Cooper Cooper Garbarino and and and, and Alonzo Gino and Catch and those guys and Logan Webb in positions with their individual skill set to be successful offensively and defensively. So you know that's number one on us. Number two is. You know, our kids have to understand that, That um, well, I'll just be frank. The, the days of Elk City being good and waiting for good classes or waiting for that class of 18 seniors, it, it, for me, that's over. I don't, I don't look down the barrel and go, we're going to struggle when this class gets up here or we're going to be really good when this class gets up here or we're going to – we need to wait for – if I can just wait till this – that's not who I am, that's not what I'm about, and I don't think that that's what – I know that's not what my coaching staff is about and that's not what our players are about. We're going to win. We're going to win now. We're going to win the right way by doing it the right way. And and, and, it, and if that means we go 14-0 and on, win a state title, great. If that means we go 8-3, and three, great, because we did the best we could. We gave it everything we had, and at the end of the day – that that's where we're at as a program, but but I don't I don't foresee us going anywhere but being consistent because our, our kids now they want it 
and, and that's the most important thing. What's the schedule like uh, between now and the the opener a couple of weeks from here against Altus? Well, we're going to be at, uh, be up there at three three p.m. today. We've been up there at three three all week. Uh, Thursday we'll be up there at three again. Uh, they'll have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. We'll lift at six a.m. on Monday, the seventh, and then practice at four. Um, and then we'll practice at four the rest of the week until school starts, and then and then we're in to school week. And then um, you know Saturday, I believe, is pitcher day. We'll take pitchers at eight a.m. and ten o'clock. We'll have our little brown and white inner squad, um, which will be a you know we'll practice offense for an hour and 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 do some pride drill, and then and then we'll 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 tee it off for you know forty five minutes and call it quits and, and enjoy our weekend. And then and then we're in game week. Um, with with the El Reno, we'll mm-hmm. you know treat it like a game week, so that when it does come around, we're not shocked. But um, you know we're excited, and, and I think that uh, with our way with the way our kids are right now, um, it's a great time to be in Elk City. It's a great time to be around the program, and and obviously everybody's welcome to come out on Saturday and, and check that out. It'll be over there on the practice field. Yeah, it'll be what August twelfth, Saturday, August the twelfth is that media day. Um, hanging out with Coach Maynard of the Big Elks. So as you get prepared here these next few weeks leading up to that to to the uh, opener against Altus, how much are you working on you versus how much are you maybe preparing for Altus eventually? Well, we're going to spend four weeks working on us. Uh, you can go ahead and, and go past the Carl Albert game. We will be working on Elk City Elks. And then once we get into district play, that's when we'll start maybe pulling some strings to um, – you know, oh, hey, maybe we need to do this to beat these guys mm-hmm. or we need this or that. But right now we're going to worry about our base stuff. You know, I think – and I say that. Um, you go back to the Canadian game when we, when we tied it up. And there's about three minutes left. I threw a defensive front out there that I didn't want to throw out there. I wanted to save it for later. Mm-hmm. But had an opportunity to win a game, you take it. Um, the same thing with the take someone special, the two-point play where we roll right and throw it back left to the tight end. I wanted to save that for a special time. Well – that game turns out was very important. Uh, it's very important for our kids, confidence-wise, and and so you know we'll have things like that that are already built in. But things that I always there's always something you want to keep in your back pocket for um, a special time. And, and it just so happened that 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 night we had a couple of those, and um, and it was a heck of a game. So, but yes, as far as practice weekly practice, we're working on us. We're getting better at what we do, who we are, and then hopefully by week five we've got everything that we are in and we're comfortable with it, and then we can start throwing some things at things out there that are um what i would call specials and so yeah non non-district and district is kind of where that line stops it's all you and then you start working on you know more of a game plan against a certain opponent in the district play correct going in the district this year as district defending district champs now there's gonna be that target on your back is that something that you'll use as motivation or it is what it is oh i you know, I'm under the impression, and maybe this is just from, from my background where I'm from and, 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 you know, my dad's deal. We're going to get to the point to where it's always going to be on us. And so you might as well just embrace it and, and know. And, and it's like I tell those guys, our players and our coaches, somebody's always watching. So if you slack a rep, somebody knows. And, and, and we, got, we can't do that because somebody's watching. Well, same thing on Friday night. You put that target on your back. What you put on film, when the, when the other team gets it, you want to make sure that they go, oh, man, uh, we're in trouble. They're going to be tough. They're going to be physical. They're going to do things right. Um, and, and it's just a message you get to send to an opponent every week. And so, you know, I, I think that uh, 
you know, obviously the target, you're right, is on our back. Um, and, and so, but but my impression is, my, my thought is just embrace it and, and be excited about it because um, there's only four teams in the state of Oklahoma who won those last year. So we need to uh, embrace it and be ready to go try to do it again. Hanging out with Coach Maynard of the Big Elks, lots of talk about said schedule. Obviously with what Carl Albert's bringing out here, <clears throat> from a recruitable athlete standpoint, Canadian mm-hmm. is going to be a fun one yeah, going out there with the way that game transpired. And, of course, uh, when you look at all the, the district prognostications, it's kind of right, right here down I-40 with us, Clinton, Weatherford. Uh, just uh, talk about how those early games in the non-district will get you ready and how they did it again last year, got you ready for those district battles. Well, you know, like start with Altus. Altus uh... – you know, Coach Jeremy Reed came back. You know, he's the one who was there in, what, 15 or 16 mm-hmm. when they were really good and won it. Um, he's an outstanding coach. He knows the game. Um, you know, I, they'll just be better. Um, they returned a bunch of sophomores who started last year. They're just going to be better. That'll be a tougher game than it was last year. You know, we'll have to have our ducks in a row. And, you know, Canadian presents a challenge in and of itself. Um, I think mentally we're probably more prepared for them than we were last year because uh, – you try to see it on film, and, and, you know, they don't have a live stream, so it's hard to tell really how fast they're going. And it was, besides just hearsay, um, it, for, for about a quarter, it was pretty mind-boggling. Um, so, anyways, that's where we that, – you know, that's a great challenge in and of itself. And, you know, the Carl Albert deal, um, yeah, that we went there to their place last year. They owe us a return. Um, we're not going to have two bye weeks before we play Clinton. Mm-hmm. And, you know <clears> – <throat> It's like I told our kids, someone calls me and wants to play, we're going to play. We don't, we're not running from anybody. We have nothing to hide. If they want to play, they can come, just drive down I-40. We're just a short jog out here, and let's play the game. And, and, and whatever happens, happens, but we're going to play the best that we can. And, and, you know, if we give it our best shot, then it is what it is, uh, no matter what happens. But uh, it, it's always a great test because, you know, Carl Albert's going to show up, and you're not going to see anybody faster than them. You're just not. In, in any class so um for the speed of the game you know a lot of times i think that you play a game like that and then you go play another one and maybe it goes man it, it's a lot slower we're we're beating it to the punch whereas right. we were behind last time um so you know that's that's just me that's my mentality is you want to play let's play and, and we'll play anywhere if you want to play in the parking lot we'll play in the parking lot so um i, I relish it i think it's a great opportunity for our kids and uh, to really see measuring stick to see where we're at, and then and then you get in the district play, and it doesn't matter anymore. If we go four and zero in non district and beat Carl Albert and beat Canadian, it's not going to mean anything. It will be cool. We'll talk about it on air for two weeks, and then ultimately, if we if Clinton shows up and we don't produce against Clinton, it means nothing. Right. And same thing if we go zero and four. If we go zero and four, and then we go on a run. It means nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just a number until you get to that week zero, and then that—I mean, not week zero, but the but the bye week that we have. That's to me. That's when the real season starts. Um, everything else is just getting ready for that season. And once you get there, you got to fight to be in the top four. And once you get to the top four, a whole nother season starts. You good? I'm excited. I am too. No, I still got more. Okay. <laughs> with some of the with the guys that left, I mean, obviously you had what the, the district player of the year, uh, an all stater, mm-hmm. and Cooper Patton, an all stater, and Logan Trevino. There's going to be position battles. 
give us an idea of kind of where those are on the field offensively and defensively that you guys are looking for through the rest of the fall camp everywhere <laughs> i knew you're gonna say that <laughs> um no i mean you know there's there's lots of positions there's every position that's the good thing about having 70 kids out mm-hmm. if, if you want to play don't do anything to hurt yourself and do everything you can to make yourself better and then that way when the door does open if you're not the starter you're ready to walk through it um i think i think you can go back in the last two years we've had kids who at certain times were ready to go when the door was opened and they helped us, you know, Jaden Wynn last mm-hmm. year, he had himself ready to go whenever Levy needed the breather. That way we didn't lose a step offensively. Same thing with Tucker Garza. Same thing with uh, Matthew Thompson. You, you can go down the list of guys who, oh, heck, we got into a bind. Somebody step up. Carson Price did it a couple mm-hmm. times last year and ended up starting. Um, so you, you, there's lots of those spots um, and, and you need depth at all of them. And so, you know, you know, offensive line, defensive line, I, I really mean all of them because um, when you start talking about doing it the right way and doing it the right way all the time, that means that the door always has to be open this time of year for anybody. And, and I, we do. We've got a lot of kids who are really competing, really getting after it, um, and, and trying, to be, trying to be what they're being asked to be. Well, and at the end of the day, I, you know, that, I think that goes – Hand in hand with having seventy, if, if you got a bunch of kids that are coming out there knowing, oh well, this guy's going to play and they're not going to give me a shot, it's a lot harder to get up for those weights at six a.m. It's a lot harder to buy in like you've had the buy in from all the kids uh, all through the grades. Yeah, no, I think it's I, I think that it, numbers. There's always strength in numbers, um, and you have to have numbers, especially competitive numbers. You hear, I. I mm-hmm. Brent Venables talks about it all the time. They've got 120 kids on scholarship, but they've got 30 who can play. They don't have competitive numbers, mm-hmm. um, or haven't. And I and and I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not comparing us to OU by any means. But we've got 70 kids, and and they're all going to be able to compete at some point in their career for a starting job, whether it's a freshman or a sophomore, or junior, or senior. Whenever they get to that road, if as long as they have prepared themselves to walk through that door when that door opens, because I promise them, if you'll do things right and you'll work hard, you'll be disciplined, you'll do things right in the classroom, in the community, the door will eventually open for you. Maybe not this year, freshman, maybe not next year, sophomore, but eventually the door will open. And if you're ready to walk through it, it's going to be your job. Mm-hmm. So... That's how we kind of go about it. That's how I like to go about it. And, and, and I think that our kids relish that and understand that, you know, it may not be my time now, but one injury, one problem, and now I'm the one who's got to be the man. And, and, and so that's kind of what um, – you better be ready to walk through the door when it opens. Last one for Coach Maynard. Semifinals the last two years. Where or what does this team need to improve upon to get to that last level and actually and get to play for the four A state title. Well, you know, it it's probably me, just being real honest. That there's some things that, that I looking back at that semifinal last year, there's some things that I could have done differently to help us out. Um, you know, and, and ultimately you want to win the district and put yourself in the best position possible. Um, but as we saw the previous year, it doesn't really matter as long as you get in. Mm-hmm. Um there's just going to be some things where we've got to be tough and, and, and deal with – the process is still the same. The process has gotten us there. What, what it's going to take is one more. 
you know, we talked about it yesterday in the weight room. It's just one more and, and one more rep, one more sprint, one more catch, one more, you know, whatever it is, tackle, one more finished, whatever it is. And, and, and really, if you look at the schedule, you get to semifinals, it's just one more. And so one more play, one more whatever it is, one more second. Um, that's that's all we're looking for, and and hopefully that 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 uh, mentality will take over and um, and make us tougher and, and help us get to that position. Thank you, man. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, head coach Zach Maynard of the Big Elks. We get going with the scrimmage. Uh, what is that? The 18th up at El Reno. Come on out a week from Saturday, the 12th. It's a picture day, media day, and then also an inter-squad scrimmage. And then, of course, the starting uh, the uh, opener, 25th of August, down in Altus. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up here on the Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the sports animal. It's almost here. In motion is Patton. It's going to be that trap play to Garbarino up the middle. That's a 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Big Elks! Cooper Garbarino, 77 yards. We're closing in on the start of Big Elk football, which means Big Elk TV will be on the air before you know it. Wynn and Garza are the running backs. Jones under center. Austin, snap, turn, hand off to Wynn. Jaden piles toward. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. You'll be able to watch and see if Coach Maynard's brown and white clad Elks can continue their winning ways. Snap back, play action, lobs it toward the end zone. He's got a man. It's a touchdown for the Big Elks. Tucker Garza. To get your business on the Big Elk TV screen, call 225-9696 or stop by our office at 220 South Pioneer. Hey, is this heaven? No. It's the Skinny on Sports. Welcome back, Skinny on Sports, 98.1 FM, the Sports Animal, wrapping up a Wednesday here in studio. Thanks to Coach Maynard of the Big Elks. Uh, I can't wait to see his guys get out there. Um, Lots been made of the schedule, uh, but at the end of the day, well, you, you can say it's coach speak, or you can say, but it, you know what it is is the truth. Those first four games do not matter. No. In the in the grand scheme of things, they don't. No. They're fun uh, to win them, sure, oh, but hundred percent. But you want to play those teams that. And he made a good point. I liked what he said about Carl Albert. They're going to be fast, and probably the fastest team we'll see this year. And then the next week, everything else seems slowed down. Because you just went up against one of those fast teams, arguably one of the best teams in the state, regardless of class, and then it, everything slows down. So, it, uh, yeah, it's a good answer there, and um, you want to play those teams. Altus is going to be better. Canadian, we saw what Canadian was, so we got a good idea what they could be. They're going to be fast, too. It's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun. That was like a six water, ball, water bottle game for me. Which one? Canadian. Man, Yeah. Yeah. It felt like I was auctioneering. That's fa- yeah. You didn't have time. No, I mean, no. I, I kept on thinking, man, I'm I am talking way too much. But they never stopped running plays. Right. I barely talked, and I could barely play replays. It was it's- so awesome when we had the ball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. We let's about ball control. All right. Let's hear yeah. from Jared and Daniel for the first time in a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. It's they they went lightning fast, but that's the game today and. And uh, I mean, I think what I'm really looking forward to outside of the game is getting up to Canadian with enough time to maybe hit up that steakhouse. I don't know. I think we got time. 
Oof. Is it too early in the day to have a steak before <clears throat> the game? Oof. <laughs> I think a lot of people have that same idea, too. Yeah, that may be the problem. But, of course, we get there so much earlier than everybody else that yeah. it may be all yeah, right. Steak at 4 o'clock too early? Bring or? your wallet. That's all I can tell <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. That would be on the company. <laughs> There's actually a really good sandwich place there. They, they, uh, yeah, there you go. Better be on the station. It's yeah. expensive yeah. on the text line. Yeah. Uh, it, they make their bread. About, the I don't the know, sandwich place yeah, you're talking it's about? it's really good. But I think it may close like at lunch. Like, you know, it's like a lunch oh, type darn. place, not a, not a dinner The bucket spot. So that was That's called? it. The That's bucket. 100% it. Yes. It, it's, it's awesome. Um, I, I, man, I had my phone away from me. And I'd have loved to have seen Coach Maynard's reaction. At, at, oh, you know, we we don't normally take – we're not going to take, like, you know, questions for the coach on the text line, for heaven's sakes, because that could steer us down a path we don't want to steer. <laughs> uh, but this one I saw, and I would love to have seen his reaction. Uh, the question was, um, ask him how his son Max liked the OU football camp. I hate that I didn't see this until he was gone, because I'd have loved to have – Yeah? Just the – you know, I mean, he's – He's pretty intense, anyhow. Yes. When he's in here, but yeah. uh, I think when if he was talking about his son being able to experience that, it would have been it, it would have been promo worthy. But Dad Gummit, I didn't see it till it was too. I didn't see what that had my phone turned over. Uh, but anyhow, no good stuff. It's a, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think you know there's within the district. We talked about it what earlier this week or last week. You know, everybody's got just a little bit of a question mark in, in certain areas to replace guys. Um, Oak City and Weatherford replacing quarterback. Clinton's got Cooper Sully back, but, you know, the, Trey Bennett's gone. They, they've got some guys gone. And and, and so I, I think there's a – I really th- I really believe at least to start before you actually see, you know, what happened over the summer and, you know, that's it, it's such an important part of – you know, growing up and kids and, and the way they mature or what have you. But I really think that you could just pull one of those three names out of the hat and you'd be comfortable with whichever one you pulled as far as winning the district. Yeah. Would, At least to start with. the schedule. I think schedule is a thing, like where you play. You know, Weatherford coming to Elk City I think is a big thing. You know, you get an upstart Weatherford team who I like. I mean, there's a lot of really good players on that team, but they got to come to Big Elk Stadium. And that's we've proven the last couple of years it's not an easy thing to do to come here and win. Ask good teams like Canadian about that. Um, but then, you know, going to the Tornado Bowl for Elk City, that's always been a struggle. Um, good teams have gone there and lost. And then Clinton has to go to Weatherford, and Clinton's had some problems with Weatherford as of late. So you're right. You could pick it, you know, depending on how it all shakes out, it, it wouldn't shock me if any one of the three of those teams come out on top. But, man, it's so fun to say those three teams, the I-40 big dogs in, in 4A1, are the favorites to win the district title in, in any order. I love that. That That's a, that's like our high school days. No how, doubt. How it should be. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, Oak City's looking to beat Weatherford for three in a row for the first time in mm. this 1998. Speaking of 1998, Oak City hasn't won at Clinton since yeah. 1998. I mean, they've, I mean, the last time, Elk, like I said, last time Oak City went to Clinton, that was a good Oak City team. Oh yeah, and it was a semifinal that played Clinton's socks off in the semifinals, right? And got destroyed that night, right? Mm-hmm. You know, that's that tornado bowl, that lure of the tornado bowl. It is always hear about. It is. There's no doubt. But then Weatherford coming here, and it, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting, interesting uh, district race here. But I firmly believe it, it, the three teams are 
or Elk, Clinton, Weatherford in any order. But, and you know, despite what Elk loses, so does Weatherford and so does Clinton. And But they've replaced with some – we know what we got right here in Elk City. Clinton will always have a running back, it feels like. And then there's that sophomore class that Weatherford yeah. is now juniors. That is very interesting. I'm excited about it. That's the thing when you when you hear hear Coach Maynard talk about you know looking different and how kids grow and mature. That's the one maybe the one caveat out there because Weatherford was so sophomore laden. What do they look like now? You know, just from naturally maturing, mm-hmm. getting in the weight room. You know, is that a team that not only takes a step up, but I think of the three. Just with their with the youth and the experience they gained, that could be one that actually takes a couple of steps up in one season, as opposed to just kind of the the ladder, you know, up the ladder approach. That's one that could kind of vault a little bit, I think, mm-hmm. uh, with with that youth growing up and, and playing together, and you know, sprinkling some upperclassmen as well. Of course, I mean, those guys are juniors now, but uh, you know, with with what they had left plus those guys, I mean, that everybody back on the defense, it was pretty good, you know, and so. You know, as always, injuries will will make difference. Unfortunately, it's just the way it goes uh, on the football field, and that that can change the trajectory of a lot of things uh, if it's at the wrong spot. But um, yeah, I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Those games, district games, are going to be a lot of fun, and you know, we're going to be. I think we're going to be constantly. Not that we don't, but even more this year, constantly kind of monitoring the progress of of all three of those teams. As as their games approach with each other, and then obviously I think, you know, not not falling into the trap of playing a close one. I mean, here's the truth: playing a close game against somebody else on the schedule in, inside the district that you may not have been supposed to play could be the difference in playing at home and playing on the road in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Just you know, one touchdown given up at the end of a game that affects those district points could be the difference between a home and a road game uh, in week one and and heck maybe even for the uh, probably not but possibly for the district title if they all beat each other and then beat everybody else it's going to come down to that and and how you fared and that, that could be pretty wild the way that all ends up but it's going to be a lot of fun we appreciate coach maynard coming by and we'll uh, we'll continue to pound those dates into your head as far as the yeah. availability and the media and that, that scrimmage a week from saturday in uh, inner squad the 18th of october of august excuse me that one's at el reno and then game one in week zero down in Alphys. thanks for listening everybody have a great day we'll be back tomorrow with skinny on sports right here on the sports Channel. you've been listening to the skinny on sports podcast with aaron cow be sure to hit that subscribe button to get alerts of when the latest podcast is available thanks for listening that ball is blistered to right way